In this episode, my friend Bill Heron and I discuss his experience over the last 10 years with the infinite banking concept. We had fun. Hope you enjoy listening. Thank you. Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery. And today, I'm as excited as I can be. It's uh, my pleasure to have my friend on here, Bill Heron. And Bill, we've known each other. Here's a little bit of background. We've known each other since I think uh, earlier this year, April or May. And uh, he's gonna he's been kind enough, right, to take the time out of his busy schedule and spend some time with us and kind of, you know, just have a conversation about how he was exposed to this idea of the becoming your own banker, get the background, and and uh, actually, you know, he's practiced this for ten years, so. Um, He's going to share with us kind of his experience and his thoughts, and and uh, and I know we're going to have fun. I've been waiting for that. I've been looking forward to this um, interview, so I'm excited. Bill, thank you so much for coming on with us. Yes, thank you. And now, listen, this is uh, November 4th, right? And uh, Can yes. I say where you live? Uh, yes, that's fine. So he lives in Pennsylvania, and so yes. now Pennsylvania is going to like have us all in their grips for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I think I voted the right way there. <laughs> uh, I hope you did. <laughs> so, um, okay, Bill. So, look, you have uh, you have practiced the infinite banking concept or was exposed to it and participated, got your first policy about 10 years ago. Yes. And, and, and so we can either start there or even prior to that. How did you even become exposed to this idea? Okay. Well, yeah, that, the, that, that's where I would like to start, like go back right from how I was introduced to it. Um, a friend of mine, I'm, I'm a, well, first, I'm a, an accountant. So I'm into uh, personal finance. I used to read all the books. Susie Orbman, Dave Ramsey, I read them all. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So there's so hope for really, accountants, right? <laughs> yes. And I was really into personal finance and just learning and absorbing as much as I could. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it was about, uh, I, bought, I bought the policy, the first policy 10 years ago. So it was 2010. So was, I would say it was around 2004. A friend of mine, he's an architect, and he came to me. He knew I, I was into finance, and he gave me Nelson's book. Mm. So he said, read this and tell me what you think. And, uh, and, and uh, I read it. And I put it aside and I said, I can't afford this. You know, I'm in the 401k. Uh, we, we, we homeschool and one single in- income family. So, so uh, you know, I, I put it aside and said, no, nah, nah, this isn't for me. And uh, then in 2008, 2009, the, the market collapse happened. The house in the market and the market collapsed and I didn't see my 401k doing too well. And and I had everything in my 401k, my entire savings. And, and on the outside, I'm doing business with the banks, you know, uh, loans. And, and I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. So uh, I, 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 I took a look at the book again and then started really deep diving. Uh, another thing that opened my eyes is uh, uh, Ron Paul running and and the Fed, and I started learning about fractional reserve banking and how the banking system works. So I uh, really enlightened, opened my eyes, so I started looking, and then I uh, came across Nelson's, uh, Nelson Nash's website, infinitebanking.org, and uh, found a practicing uh, practitioner and called him up and, uh, and went to him. I knew it didn't have to sell me. I already investigated all, read the book, so I, I, I got a policy right away through him. Was he was he local to you? He was or, local. He's about an hour drive away. Right. So and, and so I know him. Some, yep. Right. I mean we're acquaintances. He's been you know, yes. actually that was prior to the Nelson Nash Institute being formed, right? And so yep. I I met him. You know, I don't know how long ago, just doing, just attending the Nelson Nash think tanks. So, yes. Okay, very good. So he was close. Okay. You drove over there. You, you didn't have to be sold. You knew what you were doing yes. or wanted to do, right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, so when I set it up, I, I went in with additional uh, paid up additions too. I, I uh, funded it up front. So I could immediately, I think uh, within two years, I, I started 
uh, taking loans and paying off uh, the outside, you know, bank debt. So and, and put it all into the policy, you know. So, did, so I started. Yeah. Did you have an opportunity to hear Nelson live? I did. That's yes. Uh, so like a year after I bought the policy, uh, the, the gentleman had him into town and I went and saw Nelson live. Uh, Paul Cleveland was also with him. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was a great experience uh, to hear him. Uh, it, wonderful. Uh, uh, just really solid, solidifies your decision and, and, and the process. And what did I, you you know, I often say whenever Nelson spoke to a room full of people, if you were one of those people in the room, you've always felt like he was talking to you. Yes. Did you, was that your experience? It, it, definitely. And then afterwards, just one-on-one with him and, uh, and, and, you know, uh, always, always had time for pe- people no matter what. And it's just, it's it a wonderful time. All right. All right. So now being an accountant and then your architect friend gave you the book and you read through it immediately or or short in short order kind of dismissed it because of you know premiums you know i didn't really feel like i could do that and your money was in the the market and the 401ks and you and you said earlier you mentioned that your all of your savings was in the 401ks correct yes right and and i want to make a distinction because you know there is a difference between saving and investing and we're exactly. not really taught that. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, not the right place to have your savings. Right. <laughs> your and warehouse so, of wealth, right? Right. So the market corrects, and you probably have very little control over that unless you're a day trader, unless you're in there watching it and moving your right. you know, positions yep. around. But then that all of a sudden gets your attention, doesn't it? When it yes, it does. Yep. Money. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yep. When you start losing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then just learning the whole fractional banking system and, and and how they want your money in the market and and they want you borrowing from them paying interest you know it just didn't seem like a, a good place to be and and I, I knew i needed to build capital in my own system and so and then you started doing that in uh, yes. 2010 like you said then you had the opportunity to see nelson and yeah. uh you know i miss him and that's that's yeah. an unbelievable experience I mean, I don't want to overdo it or anything, but, you know, nobody can deliver the infinite banking concept becoming your own banker like Mr. Nelson Nash himself. Agreed. (laughs) Yep. All right. And then, so take us from there. You got to hear him. That that rejuvenated you, surely. Um, Yes. And you're excited to do what you were doing. You probably felt like you had made a good decision, right, after hearing Nelson. Yep. And I know back in the day, too. Now, we're at 2012-ish somewhere, eight years ago. You know, the, you didn't have the resources online like you do today. You can... No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah, right. So you can go online today and, and I don't know, thousands of, you know, queries if you type in Nelson Nash or yeah. the Infinite Banking Concept. And it's almost like, in my opinion, you know, I'm my words, not yours, but it's almost like everybody with a life insurance license is an expert and has something to say about you know the infinite banking concept, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it wasn't that it was, just wasn't that way in two thousand eight. You either no. knew somebody, which was not very often. You knew very many people that paid high premium into life insurance, um, or you had the opportunity to hear Nelson. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, there wasn't really a lot of other resources out there. No, not at all. So you, you the other had, thing too, if I step back, uh, the uh, my dad when I was in college, uh, got involved with A.L. Williams by term oh, and that's yeah. the difference, right? So yeah, I think it was Prime America back then. And uh, when I when I came out of college, he wanted me to kind of, he, he introduced it, it as multi-level marketing, I believe, right? So yeah. uh, he sold he sold policies to friends and family and then ran out of, ran, ran out of people to sell them to. But he tried to get me to, to do it. He thought it'd be excellent for me with the accounting background and, and just out of school. And uh, I'm glad I didn't pursue it, but uh, but I didn't feel like I, I was a good salesman. So I, well, I didn't did you buy some term from your father? I, I did buy. Well, I didn't buy it from him, but but I but, but the, at the time when I did this transition in the whole life, I had <laughs> I had term, and I, and I was putting everything in the market just like they recommend it. So you, you know, I got it's hard to get get untrained there, right? <laughs> it is very hard, especially no, at, no. at our age. You know, I mean, I'm I'm much older than you. I'm just saying, the older we are, it's like. 
you know, it's just hard to get noise off of you. It's hard. Yeah. It's it's more difficult to unlearn than it is to learn mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. often. So yeah. since you brought up uh, Mr. Williams, who's probably drinking my ties off the Florida Keys, I don't yeah. know. But I got a permanent life insurance license in 1991, and it was spurred from. I mean, I'd always kind of been interested in like numismatic coins or money, finance in general. Um, then I was exposed to A.L. Williams, right? By term and that's the difference. And, you know, I went, <clears throat> I didn't get licensed or appointed with anybody there, but I went, a couple, I went to a, a couple of their meetings and, man, I bought that hook, line, and sinker by oh, term, yeah. yep. right? And invest the difference and you're going to grow your account so large that you don't need uh-huh. the death benefit. I mean, it was a... Uh, a well put together presentation and concept, yep. right? And and it's very old too. That that idea of buy term and invest the difference mm-hmm. is you know over a hundred years old, right? Yep. Um, but I say all that to say this that uh, uh, after you know in 1991, I went to work with a big Fortune 500 company that that was their philosophy. They sold term and they owned all the life insurance companies that the term was produced from, and and uh, promote. Uh, mutual funds and back in the day those were in the era of eight and a half percent front end low mutual funds <laughs> right uh-huh. yeah um and my personal experience was the the markets didn't go one way right it didn't always go up and uh people actually did outlive their need for a death benefit you know term yeah. is guaranteed to run out right uh-huh. uh, yeah anyway yeah. Uh, but now I know too that uh, A.L. Williams retired. Uh, Prime America bought it, and then uh, oh, what's that bank? Citibank. Yes, Citibank owns them. Yep. yep. Yeah. And now I got to mention my friend Barry Dyke. He's written three books. He's working on his fourth book, and I believe it is his mm-hmm. first book, The Pirates of Manhattan, or it could be his second book, Pirates of Manhattan. Uh, the right Highway to Surfdom. Yeah, that one. That's uh. That's the first one, right? Yes. Okay, I think it's in that one where he goes through and he lists um, from public information and and financial disclosures how much life insurance these banks own. Exactly, and they're telling us to buy term. (laughs) Right. Citibank owns a tremendous amount of whole life insurance. It's called Boley Bank-Owned Life Insurance. That's what they're buying, but then they're promoting their consumers, their clients, their customers to buy term. Now, if that's mm-hmm. if that doesn't raise your eyebrow, there something's not clicking. You know. Yep. Anyway, all all the fees going to Wall Street and to the banks. Yep. <laughs> so, so when, when you when you set up one of these policies and you you fund them and it, it's you're you're building your own warehouse of wealth and and an exponential curve when they when they when these policies age. Right. Okay. Growth, so that growth. that takes us. I'm sorry. Yep. Okay. All right, that takes us up somewhere around 2012-ish. So what's going on in the Heron household? Yes. You know what? So, so um, I, I bought the policy, and then uh, my uh, the sales rep uh, retired. So uh, he, his name dropped off, the, and they signed me to to somebody else uh, out in California. I, I contacted him once and then never heard from him again. So I was kind of left on my own, which was kind of frustrating because I, I didn't really have a coach, but I, I got the concept because I, I read a lot. <laughs> so, so, uh, but, but I kind of managed to do it on my own and, and picked up the phone, called the insurance company and, and did everything I needed to do kind of on my own and learned it. Uh, uh, well, very easy to do. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, it was kind of, that was a little frustrating because I, I contacted other other uh, insu- insurance agents and they always wanted to move me to another another policy. And I already invested in this up front and I, was, I didn't want to do that. I knew that there was value to, to building this up and leaving it alone and, and keeping the policy. So you're you're two years or so into the policy, and then your yes. agent yeah. retires. <clears throat> so yes. we call that orphaned in the industry, or okay. you know you become a refugee, right? You're homeless, kind of, but not really. You don't have a coach in yeah. essence. But 
um, yeah. I know personally that you were with and still are with a very, like, very reputable life insurance company. So um, yes. uh, the agent retired, but how has your experience been with the life insurance company? Oh, it's great. Uh, no problems at all. And I, it's relatively easy to take loans and to, to work with them directly. I had no problems with that and uh, setting up monthly payments and all that. I, I kind of handled it all on my own. So the, 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 the issue I had was I didn't know how to, like, should I go in with PUAs and, and how much and when? That's the kind of coaching I, I was looking forward, like, looking to to get and, and that wasn't there early on in, in, in the so some policy. of the finer details or nuances yeah. of cash yeah. flows and policy right okay so yeah. you were orphaned and then you're, you're assigned to uh, somebody in California they didn't really return your call yes. and so you just kept calling out other agents or advisors there's yeah, I called other advisors to see what they what, what should I do with this you know uh, do I need to to read, you know, change it or whatever, and uh, and and never felt comfortable with any of the recommendations. Okay, and so uh, uh, go ahead. So, so I guess if we want to event the up to year ten, well, my term rider was coming off. Okay, but did you do so, any financing though? Did you did you do any financing? I did. Oh. I, I did a lot of financing. Okay, so, so you were using so, it without the coach and getting it done directly with the life insurance yes. company. Yep. But you're still yep. really more or less orphaned. You didn't have a coach and you didn't get, you know, really satisfaction in trying to engage with other agents. And then, so now let's, you know, but you were successfully yeah. banking with your policy. Yes, I was right. banking, no, no problems. I, 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 I took out uh, close to six figures and I paid back probably half of that all, you know, so so I've been using it uh, the whole time. Uh, so you're doing it. One, right. Yes, yep, yep. We did okay. anything from putting, uh, we, we sold our old home, we moved We, we moved to a, to a new location and uh, uh, we had to put windows, floors, hardwood floors, uh, interior doors we we got at the the bathrooms uh septic tank failed so we need another 10 grand to put in a new septic system uh so that was all if i didn't have the capital i wouldn't have been able to do it and and, and make the move to to where we're at today that's awesome all right so yeah. let's let's you knew so your policy had a 10-year term rider on it and and Maybe you will just take it from there. You knew that yeah. something needed to happen, I guess. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, w I wanted a second policy. So, so I, I wanted to convert this term and, and, and develop another bank and, you know, grow this system so I can put, fund it, fund the additional system. Um, and, and, you know, I, I heard, uh, I, I watched your podcast with Paul Cleveland and he talked about how he, got several policies. Uh, so I kind of, I knew what I wanted. And, and, and so I went and talked to the agent that I was assigned to out in California uh, and didn't feel comfortable. One of, the, one of the things is he wasn't with Nelson Nash. So that's, that's one of my big, big hangups with, with him. And then, uh, but uh, uh, then, then the other thing I did is I, I went back to the friend who introduced me to it and he and and, and went and met with his financial advisor okay. but when i met with her she recommended that this wasn't the right time for me i should cancel the fund cancel the policy <laughs> sure. get back into term and then max out my 401k and uh, 10 years I, I, into I, it right 10 years into it and and i'm like she saw the outstanding loan balance and 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 she's looking at eliminating all the the loans but but it but the loan to me the loans is i manage it i'm the banker i can do whatever i want i can pay back i can pay interest only you know uh i, I can manage manage that yeah, you know, and, wherever, you, whatever situation I'm in at the time, right? So, if, if you think about so, that, Bill, look, the the a loan is an asset to the bank, right? A yeah. deposit to a bank is a liability, 
right? Correct. So, yep. you know, she's, and it's very common for, you know, advisors to look at, at outstanding loans on policies as just bad debt or debt that needs to be eliminated, you know, because they haven't been trained. I don't care what kind of designation you have in the financial world. You have not been trained mm-hmm. um, in the nuance or the power of dividend paying whole life insurance and the ability to, to pay high premium, right? And to have yep. access to that capital, that, that banking, the idea of banking becoming your own banker, solving your need for the banking function in your life is not taught anywhere in uh, the financial world. So she's doing, or she, I would assume, it'd be a fair guess, or, you know, she's just doing what she has been trained to do and what she believes is right. You know, the market's always going to go up by term and invest a difference, you know, concept. So... Okay. Yeah, she wanted to give me a high level convertible term term policy. And I, and then I'm like, if I get back into the market and I start doing it the way I didn't want to do ten years ago, uh, when will I ever be able to convert the term to whole life when all my money's shifting into the market and, and I didn't want to go back to what and re, you know, lose that capital that I invested in this policy. So after that hour and a half meeting, you knew that that wasn't a good fit, huh? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the right right for me. So I, I, I still was left searching, and uh, I listened to your your podcasts all the time, uh, and, and others that are out there. Uh, but uh, listened to you, and uh, Paul Cleveland was on there talking about creating additional policies. Uh, then uh, your one on, your wife was on, uh, Jenna, is that right? Jenna, yes, Jenna. Yes. Jenna. Jenna, and that kind of convinced me because you're talking about funding policies and not knowing where the money's coming from, but making it work. And and uh, and and that really was the selling point that I had to pick up the phone and call you. And that's when I reached out to you. I had, uh, I think I had, what two months to convert the term before it, it expired? It was a short time so, period. <laughs> so I put you to work, and I uh, appreciate it. You got it done, and uh, and and I, I got my second policy. Well, there's a couple of things there. If I can, you know, and I'm going off a of memory on some of it, but did did you reach out to other agents or advisors beside the one from your friend? Yes, I, I recalled the 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 guy the guy I was assigned to out in California. Okay, he's from California. Yeah, um, and so and I was just thinking that that an advisor or an agent pretty much after a meeting or whether there's a go to meeting. Oh or, yeah, I, there's another incident that I I reached out to a guy uh, a local guy again. I was trying to look local so I can do some face to face. Right. Um, but we got Zoom now, so I don't need that. <laughs> 21st century. Bill, come That's on. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you accountants, so y'all I, probably even use computers, right? I'm kidding. Right. Come on. Yeah, okay. yeah. You just see, I, I work in Excel all day. <laughs> but, uh, but the, uh, so I reached out to this guy, and he, he, uh, totally, you buy from the major four, the, the top four in companies. Big four. Uh, they pay better interest. Yeah. It was all about interest, uh, and then he wanted to design a policy that was uh, 90, 90 10 split, uh, a premium to paid up additions, and uh, made me really think that I had a, a bad policy and, and that, that I should do something with it. That's what <laughs> stands out it. in my mind that, that yep. uh, unless I'm wrong, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you left that meeting feeling like you had made a mistake 10 years prior that's and right that he yep. shredded your policy and you know just made you feel bad that's what mm-hmm. uh resonated with me when i heard you sharing that with me it just you know it just like oh my gosh some things never change in the financial world um and you know you could have had a bad policy like yeah, he made me really feel like I didn't buy an infinite banking concept policy. <laughs> right, and, and yet, and yet it was it was growing. It's growing now that where when I put when I put in a premium, I'm getting double 
doubled uh, the growth, right, with interest and and uh, more than two and, times the increase in cash value. That's correct. Where, so that's where I'm at now, and it's it's wonder it's it's great to see. Right. Well, uh, so if I remember, we did a go to meeting, or you shared your. Um, original or enforced illustration with me and I just remember the uh, you know the I, I mean I knew the original agent that you engaged with um, and, uh, and my heart goes out because I see it all the time you know you were mm-hmm. quote unquote orphaned or didn't have a coach but you were still doing it you know and you yeah. were doing it and and the policy that the original policy that you purchased was a legitimate policy, and it still is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then as we as we were, you know, talking, you know, it, it kind of resonated with me that that all the financial gurus were telling you to do something different, or telling you that you had made a tragic mistake, and you should replace it, replace it, replace it. Replace, uh, yeah. And Correct. so then, um, and I remember that that you just didn't feel good about your decision you know after meeting with them and um you know and i I think that that's just an issue in the industry that's really not going to change um i see it all the time but when i seen your when when you shared your illustration with me whether it was in force or whatever it was um i thought it was a fabulous policy Yeah, Um, yeah and we had that conversation where um the 10 year term rider was expiring. You wanted to expand your system. You intuitively knew that you wanted to buy another policy, not necessarily replace the one you had. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And which I completely agreed with yeah. um, and still do agree with it. And it's not that, that just because I agree with it, it's right or you should do it. I'm just, mm-hmm. we had a meeting of the minds and went through it kind of analytically, you know, with numbers, let's look at what you really have. Let's look at what you're trying to do, and then what can you do, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I must. And, and, and let me add, uh, when you when we had that meeting, you 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 were upfront and honest and said, uh, I didn't need a new policy. I could I could expand my current policy because I had enough room in it to put more PUAs. But it, I'm thinking long term, and I don't want to have to go through another. Uh, you know, when I when I when I have the ability to get that new policy, go through another, uh, you know, testing of the blood and all that kind of stuff, and and mm-hmm. I, I wanted to convert now so I can have that second system to build the well, build right. Up. And I think that that's the best decision to, yeah. to convert the term, um, but that existing policy, even without the term, you can still you know you can pay I substantial premium. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so now you're in a situation that you can do whatever you want. You can fund them both. You can fund one yep. or the other. Exactly, um, yep. and it is a correct expansion. And I must say, too, that this is life insurance. We we have to go through underwriting. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to take an exam and give blood and, and, and yeah. disclose your height and weight and your personal habit. I get all that, and and if I can say you were. You were highly rated. You're a very healthy individual. Yes. Yep. When you purchase that policy, right? Mm-hmm. So you had a very high rating, which a rating is not the end of the the world, right? Whether you have a substandard rating, a standard rating, or a preferred rating. However, uh, ten years later, you might not have been able to achieve that original rating. That's right. Yep. Yep. Um, and I mean, you're—I'm not an underwriter, but I think you're completely insurable. But um, the point that I want to make is that we're never any younger or healthier than we are right now. So this idea that I'll, you know, buy policies later—you know—if everything goes well, that's absolutely possible. But not everything goes well all the time, and sometimes we become uninsurable. And sometimes when we become uninsurable, it's immediately. You know, it's immediate, and you don't have the opportunity to. To, to prevent it or change it anyway yeah. okay so and, and and to the other thing too is that uh, I had an I feel I, I had a need I, I mean I had a definitely need of more life insurance too which yep, you were underinsured like most of us I was underinsured so I needed that second policy and then now there's a term rider on that so in seven to ten years I can convert that if I want a third policy. So I, I kind of knew all along that that's what I, I should be doing, you know, and, 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 you know, so. Well, perfect. So, 
Right. And so yep. you've seen a podcast of ours and, and uh-huh. uh, you know, I, I appreciate you saying that I was up front because that's the only way I am. Just straightforward. Here it is. That's you right. like yep. it. I love it. You don't like it. I'm okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, you know, is it just from the podcast? Uh, I mean, the, you heard my wife, Jenna, and just going through that, where are we going to get the money? Yeah. Um, and that's what triggered you to call. That's, yes, that, that triggered me to call. One of the, one of the things in your podcast too. I'm I'm, I'm about a, I work out of Philadelphia, mm. and you mentioned Philadelphia and cheesesteaks. Oh yeah, and, and all that. <laughs> so that kind of resonated too, with me too. And I'm like, uh, I'll, I'll give him a call and see what he says about this policy. Maybe let you take a look at it, and then uh, see if I can work with you. Perfect. And so, so and we did. We came to an agreement. Yep. You know that the, this is. You have two ways to move forward either one is okay or good and what's the best and, and I think that you're in a position where you have the best of both worlds you know you've got a policy that has 10 years I don't want you know I say maturity but a policy really doesn't mature until your age 120 120 years of age then it matures mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but the longer these things are in existence the more efficient they become yeah. so you had a very efficient policy it was well constructed you know mm-hmm. they maybe could have used a 20 year term right or whatever hindsight's 2020 but uh you were with a legitimate solid company probably one of the best companies in north america to practice the infinite banking concept with my opinion right and i am an agent for that uh company but i'm married to my wife jenna i'm not married to these life insurance companies if the best solution for you would have been to replace and move i would have i would have said that and why right Um, it just so happens that because you know i'm appointed with that company that that um, we could also um, i could become the agent the servicing agent on your previous policy right so not that i'm looking for work but you know it gives us the opportunity to have a whole kind of a clear picture you know what i mean not just piecemeal trying to put together a solution for you and your family so um okay so how's it been so we haven't that's been this is uh october so maybe we've you know we've had uh we've known each other for six months or so um something like that has uh things gone as you've expected or uh yeah i uh i one, one of the things i'm a since i'm an accountant and i like spreadsheets i i go in the to the the insurance website and i look at my numbers uh, every, every day, day. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> they're moving I'm, slow as I'm, molasses yes they are but but it's like great to see i mean you know you never lose you never lose. It's it's gaining every day. You know, so it's just, and and this and to see the, that, you know, uh, the cash value just growing every day, and and uh, you, you know you're doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, you know, and I gotta say too, and uh, I had mentioned it before, but you sent me. Thank you without asking. You know, yes. you sent you. You're very nice, and you sent me a a, a copy yeah. of Nelson's first printing. Or I'm sorry, fifth printing, first edition of his book, Becoming Your Own Banker. And let me let me just share with you that that's like a real treasure. I've been looking for one of those for 16 years. Yeah. So thank you very much for yes, you're welcome. I was glad that. to do that. Yep. Um, okay, so what else? <clears throat> that takes us up kind of to current. Um, you know, uh, in in this. Keep keep sharing yeah. with us. Well, the the other thing with this is uh, the the generational effect of learning this. So I, I don't see this like, like uh, I'm not going to get rich off of it, but the gen- generational impact to my grandkids as I teach each my sons and daughters this. Uh, my son turns eight, 18 uh, in May and uh, we'll be reaching out to you to get him a policy. He's excited. He read, he read Nelson's book already. I'm training him to, to, to this is the way to go. And, uh, and then that next generation of building this wealth and this concept is is very powerful. So, so um, I'm looking forward to getting him going uh, with his policy. Perfect. We're we're here yeah. and and excited to to help him when he's ready. Um, so from and you're still you're still financing things. What are you What are you currently doing with yes. your policies? That's um, a- one okay. Yeah. This 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 will this will be. Oh, good for, for people to hear. With COVID, 
and, and lockdown. Uh, April, I took a uh, 15% pay cut. Ooh. And uh, uh, so, so, and now they restored that in November this month. So, uh, but it was six months of, you know, so, so when these things happen in life, you can, you can, you can put the payment on hold. So, yeah, so that's, of, that's yeah. right in the middle of, yes. that's right whenever we're converting, right? Correct. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Right. right after we converted <laughs> and I put all that money <laughs> in the policy and they cut my, they, they cut my salary <laughs> for six months. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, but, the, you know, there's some, there's some worry. There's, there's some worry there, right? So I, I, I looked into forbearance, right? And then I'm like, I, I'm not doing forbearance because they they want it paid. It, they're not tacking it on the back end. They want it paid uh, the month it's due, right? After yeah. three months of forbearance. But I, I, I really didn't have to worry about a thing. I had plenty of capital in both policies and uh, I, I survived it. Uh, you know, uh, I haven't even took any money out of the policies yet, you know, so I, I, I worked it out. Uh, and, and now my, you know, but, but it was there, right? So I did put the payment on hold and I'm, I'm paying interest only right now. Uh, on your loan. So you had some loans. outstanding loans. Yes. Yep. And so, okay, the conversion COVID hits, they're locked down 15% pay cut. And I'm sure they're, when they, when they reinstate the 15%, Bill, I'm sure they're going to give you all this back pay, right? No, 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 no. not at all. <laughs> we keep that, asking, they keep saying no. <laughs> right. So, uh, you, did you, so you didn't have to borrow money against your policies because of COVID. You just reduced your loan repayment yes. on loans that you previously had outstanding. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the premium, do you kept the premium the same or did you adjust the, the premium? premium? No, or? the premiums I, I pay on an annual basis. So I, I keep, you know, I'll, I'll come up with the money somehow to pay this, this year's annual premium. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I, I didn't have to worry about uh, any, any, uh, because I had to, I had to, I had the policies to fall back on. <clears throat> That's pretty powerful when things yeah. go uh, yeah. less than expected, and you can't really control it. You, nobody had. Well, we didn't have control over COVID. Okay, I mean, no, yeah. people had control over COVID, in my opinion. But you know, when things happen and we can't control them, it's uh, never a problem. It's never a bad thing to have access to capital. Your capital is it? That's correct. Yeah. I mean, have you ever had too much access or? access no. to too much capital no. yeah no it's ridiculous no. just saying it so yeah and so i'm kind of in the process i'm trying to i want to eliminate the banks right i still got the banks mm-hmm. right and then from there take these policies and uh uh invest you know out into things that can grow uh cash flow and, and that thing so i want to take it to the next level eventually sure. once i eliminate the banks do you life. have a timeline on that do you have an idea of when I, I don't, you know, so, but, but, uh, hopefully in a year or two, you know, Nelson uh, used to say it would take the average bear, you know, yeah. 14 years to get rid of the snakes and dragons, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, so, uh, you still have, yeah, I might you still be got a few there. years. <laughs> I might be about there 14 years into this before I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and so your son's going to be ready next year and he's 18, did you say? Yes. 18. Mm -hmm. So then you're going to, which I think is correct what you've done, the expansion you you started where you were, you know, and you experienced things that were not in your control. And if you have second doubts and you want to go get, um, you know, opinions or confirmation from the you know, typical financial world, it's probably not going to go your way, but yeah. you um, kept reading and your accountant and the spreadsheets, you you did it anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, from a different perspective, a different agent, um, you know, having that conversation, it was very powerful for me, your whole experience. Um, it's like, because, and, and I say that because, you know, we all need reassurance, Mm-hmm. You know, if you're the only one out there, Nelson talks about the Lone Ranger in his book. And, you know, when we did live events back in the day, we used to give away the Lone Ranger Award because you can almost count on your one hand, right? How many people do you know that's paying high premium in life insurance? Yeah, yeah. And they're just not very many. So it's easy to feel like the Lone Ranger out there, mm-hmm. you know, but you, you were doing it anyway. And my hat's off to you for that. 
and uh, and I'm just saying that you've you're, you've expanded correctly in my opinion. And then the expansion continues, you know, to your children and that generation, and the the uh, result of that ultimately, when when there are policies on your children, you know they're they're going to grow up and meet somebody, and they're going to fall in mm-hmm. love and want to start their own family. And then now you're looking at a third generation, which you may or may not get to experience the, the ultimate result for them. You know, yes. that's yep. mm-hmm. pretty powerful. powerful. Very yep. powerful. Yep. And, and then, you know, because we're all human, you know, we have this finite thinking or finite mindset. Yeah. You know, we want to see numbers on a page. You know, we want to be able to see the outcome. And the future is unknown. Yeah. yeah. So you may or may not get to see the outcome. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm convinced if, you know, the correct foundation is laid and you start on the journey and then you continue to make minor adjustments on this journey, you're going to wind up where you want to go. Yeah. And, and I think that, Agreed. you know, you're a, a legitimate case of what's of, of what that looks like, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and, and thinking long term and, and, and generations is it's the key, you know, right. that the conventional financial wisdom uh, is just not there, right? The, 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 there's no long-term financial outlook when you when you follow the path of uh, Wall Street and the and what's recommended there. So yeah, it's sure unknown, and it's, it's weighted in somebody you know, else's favor, not yours. The, you got the market right now. Uh, Wall Street's COVID is destroying. Uh, Main Street, but Wall Street's through the roof. It's all fake. <laughs> it's yeah. got to eventually come down. I I would think so. Yeah, I think the the bankers, Wall Street, they're going to use the uh, excuse of COVID forever. It's going to go down in the history yeah. books. Yeah. This is all due to COVID, right? And yeah, they're they're hiding behind the collapse of the bankruptcy of America. I think as they use COVID as the excuse. Yeah, and. <laughs> so. and you know, using COVID is a in in anyway. The, what's going on around the world? I think Britain just yesterday were uh, coming up with universal income, eighty percent of your salary. Oh yeah, yep. six month moratorium on mortgages. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to do away with printed money, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, Brexit. When's the last time we've heard about Brexit? Brexit? Who? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> How convenient. Then Australia. Yeah. You know, I talked to a client. Oh, that, yeah. Lockdown there, Australia and New Zealand is it's horrible what they're doing to the, over there. So yeah, I talked to a client yesterday in Argentina, and you know he's been down there I don't know six or seven months, and it's like he said the the last digit on your visa if you're a foreigner or your ID if you're a citizen that 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 dictates what days you can go out of your home. You can get out of your home three times a week. You know, if you have an odd number, you know, it's, uh, you know, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you have an even number, it's Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. You can leave your house three times a week. Think Mm -hmm. about that. Anyway. And if if we think that we're uh, immune to that in America. Yeah. It's looking close like we're getting, we're going to be there. (laughs) Spooky. Spooky. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, what else, Bill, do you want to um, share with us while we're here? Um, that, I, I think we covered it all. It's a very good uh, conversation. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're about 52 minutes in, so okay. things are going about like you expected, better than, less than. Are you okay? Are you happy? Uh, happy. Uh, things are going great. And, uh, and, and uh, the uh, – the, uh, the, here's another thing. The next thing that's up on my – for for using the policy is that I got to lease its expiring uh, vehicle that I leased. Mm. Uh, it's, it's expiring and uh, it, it comes due January first, so I'll be I'll be buying it out because I like to keep my vehicles for fifteen years. And uh, so at, at the time when I purchased the vehicle, um, I was still dealing with the banks. Didn't have enough in my policy at the time mm-hmm. to uh, to buy it outright. So uh, we chose the lease route with the intent of buying out the lease in three years. So uh, we're at that point now. So uh, I'll be buying out the uh, the lease on the uh, on our vehicle. 
And so you'll finance that with policies and finance it through the policy and uh, then do the monthly payments. Look at you doing 15 years on your cars. I get, I try to get 10 yeah. out of mine. I think I'm kind of okay. a fat hog. <laughs> you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I got an opportunity to, you know, expand my thinking and drive them for yeah. 15 years. I love that. And, oh, yeah. You know, interest rates are I, low. Well, go ahead. Yeah. I had one where the uh, engine, 250K on it, and the engine uh, went, and uh, I tried to fire it up after work get home, and uh, get home, <laughs> and uh, – and uh, antifreeze is coming out the muffler. So I, I knew it was time to get a new one. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to. to the dealership. Uh, I just turned it to the dealership and went in and bought, bought my next vehicle. <laughs> uh, don't even have to be a mechanic to know something's wrong with that, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> you know, here we are in the lowest interest rate environment ever. You know, I think that last car, and we talked about it, I think uh, Jen and I talked about it on the episode that you mentioned earlier. Um, you know, the last car we financed was, uh, we did a partial finance. I used some mm-hmm. third-party lender's money at like 2.8 or 2.9, something like that. And But uh, we paid a healthy amount down and financed a down payment, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, some of my friends and clients and colleagues are like, well, James, you know, if you're going to pay the life insurance company 5%, and the third-party lender was loaning you money at 2.8, why didn't you use all of their money? And uh, they appreciated the fact that, you know, I financed or we financed a pretty large down payment with a policy. But they're like, well, you should have just financed the whole thing. You know, what gives? And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all human, right? I can do what I want to do. The banker can do what he wants to do. The golden rule. He who has the gold makes the rules, right? That's right. And, And so I took... Uh, I don't know if I've shared this, you know, live or, you know, in the big wide world, but at the end of the day, what we did and why we did what we did, I asked, and my wife drives nice cars, right? I drive the truck, still drive that 2010 Dodge, and it's out on the big wide world on how that was financed. Um, but how we how we got to the point to finance some, all, or how on the last purchase is I asked my lovely wife, I'm like, Jana, I'm like, what would you like your payments to be? I said, I felt like a car salesman, you know, well, Miss Nethery, what would you like your payment to be? And, and that's what was determined. You know, she runs a household budget. She writes all the checks. And so I put enough down where the payments came out. We have a, a loan payment, a loan repayment to the life insurance company and an automobile payment. So, yeah, yeah. and at the end of the day, I mean, that's just, I'm just sharing, you know, the, the bottom line is the banker gets to do what they want to do. That's right. Yeah. And so if I want to use very it, powerful. it is very powerful. It's a whole, yeah. it's a complete different mindset. You know, when you walk in, I don't care what you're buying, automobiles, you know, uh, remodeling your home. Um, whenever you have control over the banking function in your life, it's. Just a different attitude. And sometimes yeah. that leads to different decisions that are good for us. Anyway. That's right. The, the other thing, too, is that I'll, 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 an experience that I had where when we were buying, our, when we were moving, we, had to, we needed a down payment on the, on the lot because we were building brand new our home. And uh, we were buying brand new. And, and uh, I, I uh, used a... Uh, at the same time when we were working through this, uh, I had a pension, a small pension from a previous employee employer that were buying out the pension. So I got uh, it's less than 10 grand right from them. And instead of rolling it into an IRA, I just rolled it right into the lot payment. Ah. But what I wish I did is put it into the policy, got the PUAs, right? And then borrowed it from the insurance policy. So there are things you learn that you can do uh, with these things that, that will increase your your warehouse of, of wealth, right? And and mm-hmm. I wish I would have done it that way. Yeah, you know, in hindsight, it's always going to be 2020, no question about that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when we, when we know better, we can do better, right? If we yep. don't know, we don't know. Exactly. So, you know, and that's really my... Uh, 
Well, I get out of bed every day. It's just advancing the idea that you can become your own banker. You have the opportunity to vet this idea, becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept, to see if it's, you know, is good or could be good for you and your family. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Nelson used to say, and I completely agree, that this is caught more than taught. Yes. You know, so for an accountant, and of course, I understand your friend, you know, another professional, you know, brought the idea to you originally, but, you know, a lot of accountants, and, and I'm not picking on accountants, you could be a mm-hmm. physician, you can be an attorney, you could be whatever, I mean, um, but it's hard sometimes oh, for yeah. accountants. Yep. To exactly, get I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you go for your CPEs, do you talk about what you do? Or uh-huh. you know, yeah. <laughs> with all the other accountants, you know, do y'all sit yeah. around and talk about what y'all do with money? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Well, I, 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 well, I, I, I didn't get my CPA, so uh, mm. you know, I'm not in that. I, I went into the, you know, corporation and world and, and and i'm doing budgets and forecasting with my degree so well, that's legitimate <clears throat> so yeah. do you remember uh uh oh my god e eva economic value added yes. stern stewart yep and becoming your own yeah. banker when you read that did mm-hmm. that like resonate with you oh I, I i didn't read it but i heard of it i heard of the yeah all right well it's coca-cola you know yeah coca-cola used it right yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yep. And it's like, you know, your capital has a cost, whether you yes, recognize it, does, it yep. or not. Uh-huh. And, and yep. most people don't recognize the cost of their capital. Therefore, they don't value it properly. Therefore, mm-hmm. it skews the way um, they look at money and cash flows with, mm-hmm. you know, a minor adjustment. Wait a minute, your capital has value. And as a matter yep. of fact, your capital should be more valuable than the third-party lenders. That's correct, yeah. That didn't exist yeah. until you, you know, completed a loan request. Now, if you think about that, most credit cards are ticking along between 10 and 25% interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then people will pay that all day long and not think twice about the value of their own capital. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's mind-boggling. It is, yep. Anyway. All right, Bill, what else? We probably need to wrap this up. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that's that's all I have. So, very good, good talking. Well, yep, I had fun. You did a good job, and I think that people will find value. And okay. if for some reason they don't, they'll just scroll right on by and find something else. Something know? else doesn't do. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Bill. Thank you for yeah. sharing with us. I okay. greatly appreciate it. Yes, uh, thank you. You're welcome. Have, all right, have a have great a good day. day. Thanks. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.